our house or the surrounding area of our house is kind of like the neighborhood kid hangout zone. So lately I've been seeing a lot of our kids playing and they're doing things where they're like picking teams and, you know, being the captain. You can kind of see the kids being like, oh, pick me, pick me. And it actually made me think like, oh, you know, you don't get that experience that often. But then I was actually like, actually, as an adult, we kind of have that same experience, but like amplified way more. And it's called job searching. Um, and I don't think I have ever liked anything as little as I like job searching because you like, it's like you put all of who you are, you know, when you're a kid, you're just sort of like, please pick me. I might be good at soccer or tag, you know, as, a, as an adult, you're like, this is everything I good I could say about myself and probably embellished a little bit beyond that. And then you're saying, please pick me. Uh, and I remember this one time I, I was in seminary and I went to work uh, to apply to work for an Apple store. And I didn't own any Apple products. I had never owned an Apple product. I am not a tech whiz. Um, I knew basically nothing about Apple, but, I, but a friend of mine said, hey, it's a nice place to work and they pay really well. So I said, sign me up. So I went and I remember at least at this point, uh, Apple was doing group interviews. So you'd have like 10 people that would be in a room together. And so I remember I got to this interview and I was already like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I really had only had one job in my life at that point, and that was the school cafeteria. So my resume really wasn't that great. But I'm like, I'm here. And they asked this question to this room of like 10 people group interviewing. And it was, you know, why are you here? And like, what's your experience and like expertise and specialities of why you think you should get to work here? And so I was like the last one to go in this kind of this circle. And one by one, everybody in the room basically said something to the equivalent of, I love Apple. I basically was born into Apple. I can make my own computer. I'm a tech whiz. And all these things. And like every, I was like, first person said it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And the next person was the exact same thing. And I was like, I think I'm in trouble. And literally everybody said it. And when it got to me, I literally just thought, wow, this is, I am not good enough for this job. There is no way I'm going to do this. And I had to say, well, uh, seems like a nice place, and I think I like to work here, but I don't have any of those things. And I remember in that moment, in this interview, thinking, there is no way I'm getting this job because I am not qualified, and I'm not good enough for it. And I, today we're going to take a look at that kind of big picture lie of I'm not enough for God and how we live in that a lot of times. And so we're going to be looking at this. We're kind of in this series where we're kind of looking at like putting off lies that we believe. And last week, we're kind of looking at this lie that said with Pastor Steve, it said, I belong only to myself um, as opposed to belong to God or other people. And I determine my own life in a sense. And today, we're going to be looking at this idea of, well, if I don't just belong to myself, I maybe belong to God. There's this other lie that comes with that that says, but I'm not enough for God. Now, as we, as we dive into this, I, I want us to, to think through this because there's kind of two main ways I think this life plays out for different people and different personalities. One is this idea that you feel like I'm not enough, and there's kind of a despondency that comes with that, that just goes, woe is me, I'm not enough, I'm never going to be enough, my life is over, there's nothing I can do about it, and it's just this kind of self-pitying thing where it's just, I'm not enough. There's another group of us that responds to this, I'm not enough, and we realize, oh, I'm not quite enough, but what arises within us that's still owning this lie says, I'm not enough, but maybe if I worked a little harder, I could be. So there's a striving that comes out of this lie that says, 
I have to earn being enough, and I'm going to constantly push into that. So as we're exploring this lie, there's kind of these two camps where one is just, oh, I get it, woe is me, I'm not enough. And another is, I'm not enough, but maybe I could be. And we want to look at what God's Word has to say about our position as being enough for God. And we're going to take a look at a couple of verses, but uh, we're going to, uh, in different passages, but today I'm going to start us in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 4. So Ephesians 2, verse 4, and this is what God's Word says. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And we'll stop there. Basically, what's being said here is it's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. Paul is laying out. He's saying, look, this is awesome that while you were dead in your transgressions, dead in your sin, Jesus died for you. He chose you. He raised you to the heavenly realms, gave you a position of authority and honor, and he's done all these amazing things for you as a gift of grace. This is what we believe, right? This is awesome. It's good news. But see, I think the problem is, for a lot of us, we hear this, and it doesn't really rest on us. It doesn't really sink in, because it's not something that we're really predisposed to, to believe. And so the idea, this lie that, is, that we're not enough, actually kind of takes over, because, see, we live in a society where free things are not really ever free. You know, I don't know how many times they get like a coupon in the mail and it's like free whatever. And I'm like, oh, great, free whatever. Then you read the fine print and you're like, oh, yeah, it's free if this qualification, that qualification, and this qualification. And you spent $50, you can get $2 for free. And you're like, well, that doesn't really seem free. And I know actually recently uh, my bank made this offer that it's all a promotion. It was like, hey, if you open an investing account with our bank, we'll give you $1,000. And I thought, well, it's worth a shot. Let me see what this is. So I started to investigate it, and I went to look at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. They actually are giving you $1,000 for free. As soon as you immediately give them $100,000 in their investing account, they'll give you $1,000. And I thought, well, that's out of my reach, so that ain't happening. <laughs> but I think this is the thing. In our lives, in our society, when we hear really good, great news that says, Here's all this amazing stuff that's free for you. We're predisposed to think, what's the catch? We're predisposed to think, yeah, sure, maybe it's free, but I'm sure there's a bunch of prerequisites, a bunch of things that I have to live up to in order to qualify for the free thing. See, I think this is so ingrained in us. This is how our minds work in this society that I think for many of us, when we hear the good news of the gospel, of Jesus coming and dying for us while we're dead in our transgressions, what we hear is, that's great, but I know I have to do something to earn that. Now, nobody's necessarily told us that. 
But I think in our hearts, for many of us, what comes out of us is, yes, God is so good. Look at all the things he's done for us. But I know I still have to, like, fulfill my end of the bargain and, like, be good enough somehow. And I think a lot of it's just because of the societies that we've grown up in that we don't really know what this free gift looks like. And so I think for many of us, we hear the good news of, of the gospel, but it doesn't sink in because we can't process or really believe that it's for free. That it's been given to us. And so what rises in us is this thought that says, well, surely I have to do something to receive this. But that's not what these words say. Actually, what it says there in verse 8 and 9, it says, this is not by works. This is not from yourself. This is from God so that no one can boast. What, what is being said here in Scripture, what, what the author Paul is saying, but is saying from God is this. It is never about our works. And it is intentionally not about our works so that you can't boast, so that no one can take credit and no one can say, I have received what I have received because of what I've done. That is the opposite of what has been given to you and to me. What has been given to us is the reality that this is completely free. It has nothing to do with what you do. Nothing. No amount of works, effort, Good behavior is ever going to earn you any more or any less of what's been offered to you and to me. Which is the life of Jesus Christ. Which is eternal life. Which is redemption. Which is reconciliation. Which is being raised to the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus our Lord. Being adopted as sons and daughters of Christ. This is what's being offered to us. And it's being offered not just with no strings attached. But if there was a... Uh, a prerequisite, the prerequisite is it's not by your works. It's by what he's done for us. And it is something for us to receive. Now, for those of us who are kind of just more despondent or those of us who are more in this camp of like, oh, I'm going to strive to be more. The problem is, even as we hear that, and even as you say, okay, I get this. I've heard this a thousand times. Here's the reality. This is hard for us on a fundamental level because at the fundamental level, what this really says is what you do doesn't matter. Okay? You can never do enough to earn anything. You, your, your works don't matter in this regard. So in a way, what this is, it's very humbling because it says, no matter how good I am, no matter what I do, no matter how much I serve, no matter how many, how many hours of prayer, Bible reading, or serving God I do, at the end of the day, none of that actually matters in regards to my salvation or my worth before the Lord. It's not what it's about because it's not about my works. And we hear that, but the thing is, part of us wants to say, yeah, but, but I can do stuff. Like, I have things to offer. And honestly, as I look at our room, knowing in that kind of area we live here in the D.C. area, we have very capable people who can do a lot and have a lot to offer. And so for us who are very capable, who are highly educated, highly motivated, have great jobs and have so much things to offer, it's harder for us sometimes to receive things for free because we know what we have to offer. 
And so in some ways it's hard, but even as we know we have things to offer, the problem is even when we think, oh, I've got all this stuff, there's still this part of us that knows it's still not enough. No matter what I do, it's never quite enough. And so for some of us, what happens is, is that because we can't receive it for free, what we're doing is we're constantly striving and we're never really receiving the full measure of grace that God has for us because even though we heard it's for free, we're still kind of thinking, yeah, well, if I could just work a little harder or I'm almost to that 100000 to make the promotion. Almost there. Let me work a little harder and then... We stumble, we fall, we sin, and we know our own hearts, and we know I don't measure up. Because we don't measure up, we don't really receive the full measure of the grace that God has given us, this amazing grace that he's given to us. And so this lie that says, I'm not enough, is given permission to live. See, I think the first way that we battle this lie that says, I'm not enough for God, is we really have to get honest with ourselves and we have to really get to the place where we acknowledge that actually on my own, I'm not enough for God. That no amount of work, effort, or achievement on my behalf is ever going to be enough. And we have to actually own that. We have to get to the place where we just get to a place before God that says, you know what? As Paul says, my righteousness is like filthy rags. Everything I have, even the best that I have, it's never going to be enough. And to battle this lie that says I'm not enough, we actually have to get to the place where we recognize, you know what? I really am not enough on my own. My efforts, my work, my achievement is not enough for God. It's not. And I have to own that because if I own that, then you know what starts to happen? You can begin to stop striving to earn God's grace. Because you recognize, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about my work. It's not about my efforts. It's about him. I hope for some of us today that today might be a day where you begin to say, Okay, I can stop being on that hamster wheel and striving for God's grace. I can stop trying to be enough out of my strength and receive what God has for me. Because if we ended here right now, right, and said, I'm not enough, and that's a re end, that's a pretty sad spot. But the reality is, God says so many things about us. I'm going to read some verses here uh, from some different passages. This is from 1 Peter 9, verse, uh, 1 Peter 9 and 10. Talking to the people of God. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Ephesians 1, 3-8 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. 
In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And finally, Romans 5, 1-8 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, all of these passages that I'm saying that are just a sample, what they show us is this. They show us a good, loving, all-powerful God who, as it said in Ephesians, says, before the creation of the world, chose us. He chose you. He loves you. Not because of what you've done. Not because of what you will do or what you have to offer. That is not why He chose you. He chose you because He desired to. He chose you because He loves you. He chose you because He wants to be with you. What that means is when somebody chooses you in this way, what they're saying is, you are enough for me. I desire you. See, the beauty is when we can finally get to a place where we recognize, I'm not enough. I don't have it in my own being. I don't have it. Then we can, for the first time, fully understand and fully hear the words of God that say, you are enough. Because I have determined it so. I have declared it so. I have made you worthy because I have said I would die for you. See, our value, our worth, our being enough is not actually coming from ourselves. If your worth, value, and being enough is coming from yourself, you will never feel enough. If your worthiness and your value is trying to be mustered up from your own efforts, At some point in your life, you will hit a point and you will go, this is not enough. I am not enough. And it will all come crashing down. But here's the beautiful thing is our worth, our value, who we are, being enough does not come from us. It comes from our Heavenly Father who has said before the creation of everything, you are mine. Our Heavenly Father who has said, Before everything, even in the midst of your sin, your worst, most evil moment, I looked at you and I said, I want to die for you so that you and I can be together forever. I deem you worth it. Do you hear that today? Because that's what he says to us. He says, in the midst of your sin. That's what Romans there says. He's saying, 
while we were still sinners, in the midst of your most evil, despicable moment that you don't want to tell other people about, Jesus saw it and said, I want to die for you. You are worth it for me to come to earth, suffer and die because I want you. And that's what it's going to take. So I will die for you that you might live and you can belong to me. You're worth it to me. His words are that you were worth death. His death. He has chosen us to receive His grace simply because He desired to do so. I don't know of a more amazing message than that. It's why we call it the gospel, which means good news. The good news is that he has deemed you worthy. He has declared you worthy. And no amount of effort on your behalf can change that. You can't become more worthy. And you can't become less worthy. Because both ways, it's not about your works. He has declared, I love you. You are mine. In Romans 8, it says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. My question for us today is, where, where are you at with this? I haven't really told you anything. If you've been in the church for any amount of time, I haven't told you anything today you haven't heard before. My question for you today is, what have you been basing your worth off of? I mean, honestly, when you think about yourself and you're going to bed at night and you're thinking, I like myself because, or I think I'm okay because. Is that answer because I have a good job? Is it because my family's okay? Is it? Because if it is, I, I want to tell you that there's a level at which, if that's been the foundation of where you're getting your worth, there's a level at which you are buying into this lie that says I'm not enough. Because you're choosing into the striving after proving Okay, this is why I'm enough. Let today be a day where you say, I'm done. I'm done with the striving. I'm done with the works. I'm enough because he said I'm enough. I'm worthy because he said I'm worthy. I'm loved because he loves me. I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come on up. Uh, we're going to have a time of response before we take communion. And I think there's a couple of things that are ways to potentially respond here. I think some of us, I think some of us honestly just need to repent. 
I think some of us have been trying to earn our way in, even though we say with our lips, yeah, yeah, it's by God's grace. Practically living out, we've been living out. I've got something to do. Practically, we've been trying to earn the promotion of grace. I think some of us just need to come and confess and repent and say, God, I'm sorry I've been trying to earn it. But I acknowledge today I can't earn it. And no amount of effort is ever going to make me enough. And so I'm sorry I've tried it. And we just need to, to let it go. And we just need to repent of that. And to really just press into that. And then I want to offer this to, you, to all of us is that especially if you just feel like, I, I need to receive this in a way maybe I've never received. Maybe I've never been able to really get off that hamster wheel and just receive the free gift of grace. I want to offer you the option to come and receive prayer that just we will pray over you and just declare the praises of God and who God says that you are through His Scripture for you just to receive the grace that is God loves you and He died for you. And he declares you worthy. This lie that we live under can determine so much of our lives. And it can set us on all these kinds of horrible paths. May it not go another day. May God's grace break this chain that binds us as we hear and receive his grace. So I want to open this time up in prayer and I just, just want to offer, I mean, we say this, but the front is here. If you just need to meet with God, sometimes it's helpful to come and, and physically come closer. We'll also have some people here to pray for you if you want to uh, prayer. Even if you're not entirely sure what you're asking for, just come up and we'll pray for you. And I really just feel like, honestly, I just think for some of you that God, God wants to do something in your life today. I really believe this, that there are some of you who have been stuck in this lie for most of your lives. And I think if you want it, God has freedom for you today. So they're just going to play some instrumental as we have this time. Let me just open this in prayer, and then I'm just going to invite us to respond here. And then I'll come up and do communion in a moment. God, we just, we thank you for your free gift. God, I just confess that so often it is hard to truly believe that you might actually love us. So often it's hard to actually believe that it is actually free, 100% not have anything to do with my effort, that that is so hard for us to believe. And we acknowledge, God, that sometimes that's hard because it just sounds too good to be true. And sometimes it's hard to believe because we want to be able to earn something. God, I ask today that for those who have been bound in this lie that says, I am not good enough. I am not enough for God. And we constantly strive for this. God, I ask today, would you give us the courage to own up to it, to renounce it, and to let your grace set us free. God, I ask even right now in this room, would you reveal to us, those of us who really need this right now, would you reveal, would you speak to us, would you open our ears to hear what you have to say? And God, we just, in the name and the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just 
silence any and all attacks or lies of the enemy that would seek to cause us to be afraid, that would seek to keep us from hearing your words. And we just ask, would only the Holy Spirit's voice be present in this moment? And would we choose in to you and your grace? And so just as music is playing, I invite you now to respond as you feel God, God leading you.